Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the home ec class you wish you'd been offered. We're two moms aspiring to create gracious homes that are welcoming and functional, all while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to the Home Hour, part of the Life Listen Network. On today's spooky, scary episode of The Home Hour, we're talking about what you need to do if you think your house is haunted. We've got a real-life Ghostbuster on the show to explain the ins and outs of graciously welcoming a ghost to your home. Yes, even ghosts need a little welcome home every now and then. Plus, toilet seat ground rules when sharing your bathroom with a ghost, why you should never buy a house painted blue, and what to do when the baby sleeps through the night, but the ghost still needs sleep training. All that and more on this week's episode of The Home Hour. Welcome home. Welcome home, Graham. Welcome home, Kirsten. And welcome, everyone, to our Halloween episode of The Home Hour. It's getting a little spooky. Okay, Kirsten, let's give ourselves some credit here. Or wait, maybe even me some credit. (laughs) So we're planning our show schedule. We're like, we need someone for Halloween. It's clearly like we need to think about this. And then we found the perfect person. Graham is so excited. I'm always so excited. You know that. I feel like it's getting cliche. But we have Kim Johnston, and she is the founder of Spirit Communications and Research. And you know I love a good acronym. Um, acronym. It actually stands for SCARE. Uh, that was so very clever. I appreciate good wordplay as well. That was. Very... I do as well. Um, Kim is lovely. She's actually like so here's the funny thing obviously anyone listening who knows this like we don't know a lot of these people before we interview them and I guess sometimes you build it up in your mind like I think I kind of expected Kim to have this voice like a very different voice like a ghostly almost as if maybe she worked like in a biker bar or had like a burlesque show that she operated on the side really Kim's I assume she I assume she I assume she would be tough but like I was kind of picturing like I don't know. Yeah, like, like somebody I who hangs like, out with like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I went. I mean, burlesque show. That's a little. We're just like tough. No, like tough. A, like okay. one of those like tough girls in a bar where you basically are like, I'm not going to mess with you. Like I would just like a bourbon on the rocks, like type of thing. And she like pushes across the bar and she's like, Yeah, and I also investigate ghosts. But that was not Kim at all. Mm. She sounds like a sweet mom that who lives just, one town I, over from Graham. <laughs> yeah, who's like Amazingly. kind of my neighbor who like <laughs> seems like the last person in the world who would be like. It's it's more like the ghost found her she didn't find <laughs> that's a so. great way to put it the ghost found kim and she's very intellectual about it and i was a little skeptical graham i was like really what are we doing graham what's this episode it was very fun and i learned a lot and it got me thinking about energy well, like, in the home and all that right. and we'll get we'll get into our, our our interview in just a minute but first we want to tell you about a sponsor we have we have again holly and tanager um i don't know if you guys have had a chance to go and check out their website but they're really beautiful bags um they they're not just beautiful though they're functional and that's what i love they have one that's called the backpack tote it's well it's the backpack purse i said the backpack tote because it's confusing because it's a backpack and yet it converts to a crossover bag which is amazing because the reality is sometimes you just can't carry a backpack into every situation but you kind of want to because they're so functional. And this is super functional. There's a place that you can keep like your dirty shoes where it's separate. There's five interior pockets. Like I love an organized bag and this is well designed. It has a wide shoulder strap. It, you can put your laptop in it. I mean, it's you can put a bottle of water in it. You can put a bottle of wine in it. And it's also like beautiful Italian leather. So it's beautiful and it's functional. Um, 
I just love well-designed, thoughtful things, and this is clearly it. This is Function Meets Fashion. You got to check it out. And we have a special for our listeners. We do. And in addition to the professional backpack tote, Holly and Tanager offers other extraordinary everyday handbags that you don't see every day. But our homeowner listeners get 15% off their first order all by visiting hollyandtanager.com slash the home hour and just simply use the promo code the home hour when you check out. So again, 15% off your first order at hollyandtanager.com slash the home hour, promo code the home hour. Go check it out. Right. Anyone who needs a space to keep their yoga mat away from their snacks, this is the Or answer. their ghost hunting equipment, which is really yeah, what we away need from to get your dirty gym to. shoes. Like, this is, this if is, you have yeah. any kind of, you know, equipment you need to carry around that measures static <laughs> electricity and or, you know, mat But also dirty shoes. That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Holly and Tanager, for your sponsorship. And go check them out for that great deal. Okay. Getting back to our spooky, scary episode. We say spooky, scary every time. Like, those words are connected in our minds, aren't they? Because it reminds us of Werewolf Bar Mitzvah, our favorite no, our song. favorite. We talked about this last year. It's still the best song ever written. No one has done better. No. Um, my, my kids the other day, I was playing music in the car. They're like, we want a new Halloween song, Mom. Stop playing Werewolf Bar Mitzvah or Monster Mash. We're done. And then I'm like, how about Thriller? <laughs> and they're like, and that was it. That was my repertoire. Although, have you ever tried to listen to the Halloween I was just station? about to say that. Yes. It's so painful. It's the worst station. Like, well, it's scared. It's just so it's, terrible. It's not Christmas. Halloween is not Christmas where there's a full <sighs> genre of... I know. A canon, if you will, of musical accompaniment. <laughs> There's not a very deep bent. Okay, Kirsten, a money-making idea. We need a new Halloween song. <laughs> I'll get right on that. Well, I mean, honestly, guys, anyone listening, just write a new Halloween song. That's all the world is looking for. That's what the world's looking for. Okay, so I've got a story for you. Okay. Okay, when I was growing up, we bought a house when I was like five. At least this is the way I've heard the story. But here's the creepy thing. Like, their son slept in a coffin in oh, come on i swear you've, to- you've told me about this years ago but that's not true like that's it's impossible. true why would i make that up why would son. what am i doing i've got if i've got enough time to make up a story about someone sleeping in a coffin like i've got enough time to write the best halloween song ever um no it's it's true isn't that crazy my kids want one of those race car beds you know you see advertised and i won't even go that far <laughs> let alone you know You know what? I wish I'd. I wish I'd had that pottery barn bed that looked like a boat. Did you always want that? Every time you go in the catalog and you're like, I wanted the race car bed. I wanted the Barbie dream car bed so badly that had the back, you know, the back thing where you could keep like your My Little Ponies up top, and then you had like pink sheets. And my parents, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, do you remember when you were little and used to go into uh, the supermarket with your parents and like the uh, the freezer meals looked so amazing. Oh, they looked so good. To get like a Salisbury steak and mashed potatoes, and my mom's going, "You're not going to like that. You're not going to want that. Like, don't do it." But every now and then they'd cave. I oh, know I was talking about like the like the TV dinners but for kids like they had a penguin on them and it was just like mac and cheese and like some carrots but it was oh, going to be wanted, so like, exciting to like have my I own. wanted a chicken pot pie <laughs> that's really I never advanced. I had an advanced palate you know what was this so has good to do with Halloween I know but now you've got me thinking you know what was so much fun was when um when you got to eat airplane food and it was like everything was in its own little container. Oh, I oh, loved that. Oh, it's amazing. That. Oh, who loved. doesn't love airplane food? The old school airplane food. Yeah, people used to always say it was gross. Like, Oh, it was fun. It was presentation. It wasn't, it wasn't gross to me how you got to choose your main course and like peel back that like 
weird wrapping that I, covered the hot component. I agree. And it was always like kind of stressful because like, what if they're going to run out of the turkey and then you have to have the Salisbury steak, which apparently you wanted. But let me tell you, that was like high stress to my dad. Like my dad would spend hours. <laughs> I could see and it, like, your dad this being is, so worried about that. Like, yeah, let me just tell you, that would that actually never happened. There was no high stress because my dad made it his life's mission to call the airport in advance to make sure that they knew the meal that we were getting. Like, I think we've actually flown like free to Dubai because one time they ran out of like penne a la vodka. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, the airline that does not serve my the entree he requests. <laughs> oh, I love your dad. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, that has nothing to do with anything for Halloween, but it is true. You know what, too? It's like, you know how now you have to, like, now you get, like, peanuts or pretzels. Or, well, I, I always fly Southwest, so there's nothing. You get nothing. Um, I did get to fly internationally last year, and I will tell you, it's still just as exciting. <laughs> Oh, it's super fun. I was still like, oh my gosh, it's going to be the little compartments. I'm so pumped. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, I was actually at a meeting the other day where there was a speaker who was um, the head of a big travel agency for leisure travel. And one of her main points, like, and she said it very elegantly, but that a, like international travel doesn't suck as much anymore. Like the, they've made flying on planes fun so that there's actually been an emergence in people wanting to go to highly exotic places that they would have not wanted to go to before. So she said like Tahiti and Bora Bora are actually getting really big because people are now willing to put up with plane rides. I've always wanted to be on a plane that had a spiral staircase. Oh, me too. Me too. I've been on them before, but I've never been upstairs. What's and upstairs? That's always, I don't know. No one knows. It's no amazing. Knows. Okay. So we should do, we should maybe just erase all this and do an episode on travel and talk about ghosts. All right. Well, let's That's just keep idea. it. Let's talk about ghosts. It is <laughs> I Halloween. I, I just want to retell all my Halloween stories I told last year, but I feel like we've definitely hit those. So maybe go back and listen to last year's Halloween episode. What number was that, Kirsten? I don't remember. I don't remember either. But, well, but that was a good one. Go back. It was in October good... of 2017, but it yeah, was. Go it was one of the happy. It's my favorite episode, I think. It made me that so was happy. a really good episode. No, this is a pretty good one, too. This All right, is a everyone. Good one. With, without further ado, Kim Johnston, Spirit Communications and Research of Alabama. And if you listened all the way to the end, you're going to get a gangbuster, ghostly surprise. Well, fact, also, also, you get some really good tips. Oh, yeah. And yeah like, like how to get rid of your knew, own ghosts. Who knew we'd offer actual tangible hacks on how to cleanse your house of spirits? <laughs> the gifts just keep on coming. All right. Welcome home. Kim, welcome to the show. We realize we've made a giant mistake here on the Home Hour. We, It is our goal to create homes that are welcoming and functional. But the truth is, if your house is haunted, it's probably neither welcoming nor functional. So we realize we've been messing up inviting interior designers and tastemakers onto the show. We need somebody who literally knows how to dust off the cobwebs and get the spooks out of the house. So our first question to you is, let's say you're just a normal Joe. You're living in what you believe is a very normal house. And then something goes bump in the night. Something gives you that creepy feeling that you're not alone. Who are you going to call? Hopefully me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tell us exactly what you do. I know you've written books. I know you've been on the sci-fi channel. I know you've been, you know, on local news. Can you explain exactly what sort of services you provide and why someone would, would need to reach out to you? Sure. Um, we are a full service uh, 
paranormal research team. So if someone feels like they are experiencing something paranormal in their homes, they can give me a call or an email and um, I will work with them to um, figure out what's going on. We do some initial interviewing uh, over the phone and through email and then if it's uh, decided that we need to come to the house to investigate, we'll set that up. Uh, we have all kinds of specialized equipment that we bring that's designed um, just for paranormal research. So we'll uh, take measurements on those uh, devices. We'll do things like um, uh, sessions where we're asking the spirits to communicate with us and we'll be recording everything to see if maybe there's some kind of response um, um, that we can hear afterwards. Um, so. Uh, once we're done with all of that, we'll review everything and see what kind of evidence is there. I also work with mediums um, who uh, supposedly can hear and see the spirits. They help are quite helpful in letting me know what exactly is there and what's going on at times. Um, and then once we're done with, with the investigation part, we'll um, cleanse the house of any negative energy if it needs cleansing. Not every case needs something like that, but some, some homes do. Wow. So many follow-up questions. My brain is a buzz. So it's like you don't have one of those ghostbuster things that you roll out on the floor that sucks in the spirit because that would be awesome. That but would be. That would be amazing <laughs> if someone had invented that. But, my but next you do have is... the ghostbuster kind of like monitor, like when they go in with their, their thing that, you know, has like a, like a wave, um, like a wave file sort of, right? Yes. Yeah. Like so a measuring device. Yeah, we have several different kinds. We have one that detects like electrical energy and magnetic field energy that supposedly spirits can manipulate. We have one that just detects static electricity energy. We have one that, um, you know, that can detect their voices. So we have all these different things and different methods that we use. And why do spirits put off more static electricity? And or I was I'm thinking because we're going to Sedona in a couple months, and I'm thinking that's the apparently the convergence of many magnetic forces. What is it about spirits and magnetism? I think that they're just energy, and so um, we can't always see them. And this is one way that they can make their presence known. So we have this piece of equipment called a REM pod that has a little antenna or like a little radio antenna sticking out of the middle of it and um, it creates its own static you know field and if anything breaks that barrier uh, whether it's a human touch or if it's a spirit touch uh, it'll light up and make sounds so we know that they're there um, but yeah I just think that their energy and this is one of the easy ways that they can communicate with us is by using equipment like that Hmm. Okay, so okay, you so said there are good, sometimes sometimes you cleanse the house, but sometimes there's no need. Is there no need because you didn't find anything? Or is there no need because, like, again, my references are coming from movies, but it's like a Beetlejuice situation where they ended up just all living together in a in a, in harmony? Is that, like... Right, like, you're asking good ghost, bad ghost, Kirsten. Yeah, good, like, ghost, <laughs> good, good ghost, bad ghost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so both, both situations. Um, sometimes we don't really find anything that warrants needing a, a home to be cleansed. Um, sometimes we'll do it anyway, just to make sure that everyone feels okay um, about, you know, things when we leave. Uh, but sometimes it definitely does 
and need to be cleansed and sometimes the spirits are just nice and um, the home we help the homeowners you know kind of come to terms with uh, the they're, you know, the idea that they're sharing their house with these spirits and uh, they don't mean them any harm and uh, we'll work with them to let the spirits know what the ground rules are. You know, sometimes the spirits don't really know that they're bothering you. Um, so we just have to tell them what the rules are, you know. Like don't... lights out at 730. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put, just put like the seat if... down after you use the restroom. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And there was a case where a spirit was, was putting uh, the seat down. Uh, a guy, a single guy, he lived alone, so he wanted it always up. <laughs> so it was the other way. You're but, kidding uh, me. We did gonna... have like a... <laughs> Nailed it, <Sorry. laughs> Kim, we're going to need some more personal stories. This is amazing. Okay. <laughs> Do they wipe their feet on the doormat? And track muddy prints. So I believe in this. My mom's house, when she was little, allegedly, she lived in this old plantation house in North Carolina. And they had a ghost. And they she, they said it was friendly. But its name was Hugo. And they named it Hugo because they were always saying, I don't want to go see what that noise was. Hugo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it was Hugo the ghost. And I've grown up with Hugo stories. Oh, yeah. We, well, are there I've more ghosts tons. in the South? I mean, that would... I mean, you're in Alabama. Are ghosts, like, regional? Are there good ghosts that are regional? I mean, like, in Arizona, if you live in a house that was, like, constructed by, like, a builder in 1987, like, are you going to get a ghost? Or do you have to, like, have... You know what I mean? Like... You know, um, that's how my journey into the paranormal all began, was uh, about 10 years ago, I bought a house that was brand-new construction, and um, I had never experienced anything paranormal up to that point. But when I moved into that house, even though no one had ever lived there before, it, it was haunted. That's, that's the only way I could explain what we experienced. And so it really, sometimes the hauntings are not necessarily the house, but the land mm. and the history of what had, of the people and what had happened there before. So, so yeah, happened? I mean, in Arizona, you might get, Native Americans or right. okay, you know. good point. Yeah. yeah. Like civil so like Gettysburg would be more haunted than other places and Absolutely. New Orleans would be more haunted, like Charleston, you know, that's why they have such popular ghost tours because they've had more macabre incidents. But wait, what happened to your house? Like how did you know? So you had no history of feeling like you had no ghost background and then all of a sudden you realized you lived in a haunted house and that's what started this whole that's what kicked it all off. Yes, that's correct. So, um, you know, the first thing that I heard were just voices, uh, sounded like kids having a party one night, but it was really late, like midnight. Uh, my husband and I were the only ones up. The kids were in bed. And so I'm just a curious person. I We had just moved in the house. I wanted to know if my neighbors were having a party without me or like, who was it? <laughs> so, um, you know, I made sure it wasn't the kids, obviously, and uh, they were asleep and I stuck my head out the front door and it was just crickets. So I went to the back door, stuck my head out and didn't hear anything. Everything was quiet. And so I come back to bed and I still hear that party going on. And I'm like, where is that coming from? Like and music husband, or clinking yeah, glasses? Not music, but more just like people enjoying themselves, having a conversation, laughing. Mm. And um, it sounded like a group of kids, like, you know, that met up and were having fun. And so, um, you know, my my husband heard it too but his 
his response was, you know, ah, it's nothing. It has to be one of the neighbors. You know, let's just go to bed. So I did. I mean, we just tried to dismiss it and brush it off at first. But, you know, it just kept happening. Things kept escalating. And um, over time, the only explanation that I could come up with was it was paranormal. How did it escalate? Uh, I started getting touched um, in the so, middle okay, of so the night. Okay, so question number six, things, um, <laughs> ghosts can physically touch you. Okay, we've, okay. So things yeah. would touch you in the night? Yeah. What did it feel like? Like, a, like, like did it feel like uh, a human touch or was it more like a breeze or? It definitely felt human because Ooh. every, every time oh, it would happen, oh. I would immediately think, okay, here's, you know, one of my kids have come down and they need something. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the hands, the hands felt very small and childlike. Oh, um, shut so, it down, Kim. I know, but it was very sweet. It was just like a gentle little pat or a little nudge. And, you know, I would open my eyes to see which kid needed me and then nobody would be there. So that, that, <laughs> that was the disturbing part. I feel like we're finally over the stage of my kids waking me up in the middle of the night. I'd be so annoyed if, like, I got everybody, you know, sleep trained and then ghosts. I mean... Can a mom catch a break? I have a yeah. question about this because you said you, you have children. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, as most moms, you know, a lot of times at bedtime, there's, there's, you know, I'm scared. I heard a noise. I had a bad dream. How do your kids deal with you doing what you do? Um, like, how do you, like, do they get right, like, how do you say, don't right, how worry, do you say, don't worry there's no ghosts? Like, they're all pretend. Like, how do you do that? Yeah, so um, I made the mistake with my first son of of telling him, oh, it's not real, and it's just your imagination. So with my my younger two children, um, by the time they were born, I'd already been experiencing some of this paranormal stuff and had changed my mind about it being real. Uh, And so what I tell them is, it's okay, they're not here to hurt you, and uh, you know, they're just passing through or, you know, they used to live here too. And um, let's tell them, you know, that they need to be quiet or let's tell them don't do that because it bothers you. So that's how we handle it in our home. And the kids are great about it. Okay. Well, now we're going to take a quick little break to introduce you to our sponsor, BarkBox. Graham, you know what I'm realizing? We, we really messed up on this interview. We didn't even talk about animal ghosts. (laughs) Which I believe in, actually, because I'm I'll so tell you, surprised. <laughs> when <laughs> I'm just a believer, but you know, it's actually interesting. Whenever anyone like in my real life dies, usually an odd animal shows up in my house, but it's a living animal. Have we talked about that? No, that's we're really well. we'll t- we're, it, it's, let me let me talk to you about that offline before you share that with our listeners. We have to keep them thinking you're normal. Okay, okay. BarkBox. Getting back to it, BarkBox is a monthly delivery of innovative toys, all natural treats, and crazy dog joy, and it's always built around a surprise theme for dogs and dog parents to enjoy. BarkBox knows you love your dog like family, so they design all the toys in-house with the very best materials. And these like are fabulous materials. They're all natural treats. The chews are um, made with meat sourced in the USA. They're grain-free. I mean, this is like high-quality stuff. And you guys know, well, actually, you guys might not know, but we, I was never a dog person. I really just wasn't, I didn't get it. 
you guys, we got a puppy for Christmas. I, I'm kind of becoming a dog person. So suddenly I get it. And suddenly I, I see that not only does it make his life more fun when he's got a toy he loves, um, but it also makes my life easier because he's not chewing on the furniture. He's not bored because a bored dog is a destructive dog. And so Graham is like, she gets how cool this is. And it was fun for her to arrive at her house because Graham got to give it to her next door neighbor who has a dog. But um, for me, you know, I really, really see the value in this because, um, well, because one, it is a great value. All of the boxes, um, they contain over $40 worth of toys and treats. And the subscriptions start at just $20. So it actually is a great value. But um, it's also just like fun. Like it is so fun for for me and the kids and for, of course, little Fritzy. I hope they make meow boxes too. That would be fun. Maybe they're they're on their way to rolling that out soon. Uh, but we have a special offer as usual for our guests. And all you have to do is go to BarkBox.com slash the home hour. And if you sign up for a six or 12 month plan, you will get a free extra month of BarkBox. So again, BarkBox.com slash the home hour. And if you sign up for six to 12 months or six or 12 month plan, you'll get a free extra month. So yay. Thank you, BarkBox. Thank you so much, BarkBox. And by the way, October 1st was Fritz's birthday. We totally missed it. So BarkBox, you saved the day. Fritzy had a happy birthday. So thank you, BarkBox. Do they have names, your ghosts? Like ours? Um, no. Well, yes, I'll take that back. In the house that we um, initially experienced this in, um, my daughter told me there was a little girl named Marvel. And so Marvel was was her name. Um, other than that, I don't think we've we've really named mm-hmm. <laughs> the other That's spirits. Cool. Now, I've, in my mind, this is what happens when I meet someone I'm very interested in talking to. My mind. By the way, Graham has been reason. so excited to talk to you for like two weeks. She has not stopped talking about this. She's like, been. I, this is a real treat for me. Um, I'm definitely a believer in these things. Um, I just feel like, yeah. So anyway, um, did you ever find out? So here's my next question. Say you move out of the house that's haunted. Now that you're a professional ghost hunter, can you ever buy a non-haunted home? Would that seem like an off-putting place to live, like just to buy a regular old house? Or do you now want a ghostly presence? For example, when you buy a house in New Orleans, they're required by law to put on the sign if the house is haunted or if the place is haunted. You know that, right? Um, I have heard that that is law in some states. It's not law here in Alabama because, um, you know, when I got ready to move from my first house, <laughs> I looked into that. So um, Contact you your know. legislature. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I've lived um, in two houses since then, um, one being my current house. Um, we did have an grandmother motherly like uh spirit in in um the house we moved to um initially after our haunting uh in 2008 um she didn't bother me though she was mainly uh would act up around my husband who didn't really appreciate it as much so um i would have to put her in her place sometimes and tell her that that was not allowed um but she was fairly quiet quiet when I was there. Uh, the house that I currently live in, um, when we first moved in, again, it was my husband who picked up on something not quite right uh, because someone was knocking on our back door. He was here all alone. And uh, yeah, so there was knocking. And he just kind of 
let me know that, hey, yeah, you might want to take care of this <laughs> before we move all of our things in. And so, um, you know, this, you know, I firmly believe that a home should be your sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't investigate my own home. Um, I don't want to stir up things here more than than I need to because I would I would like for it to be calm I don't take cases um, uh, for clients uh, unless I know for sure that or feel pretty positive that there really is a haunting going on because you know again you know why go in and, and disrupt and invite the spirits to come show themselves and and give us evidence if if the home really isn't uh, haunted or having any kind of activity uh, to begin with so oh so it's like um, opening pandora's box so really if you be. call them they, then they can come out for example okay so here's a really good example about our home we love our house it actually feels very unhaunted to me and i've lived in some haunted places before places that felt a little creepier this house does not feel creepy yet i have this darling neighbor she's 92 years old and every now and then she wanders and wanders over and tells me just like some other horrible piece of information about my old home that i would have loved <laughs> to have not known <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, like, why did you just tell me that? I could have done without that piece. But I guess my question is, at one point in time, she mentioned that a child, I think, had passed away in our home um, many, many, many years ago. But I've never felt any sense of anything along those lines. Um, but I guess my question to you Well, is, I know what you're going to ask her. I mean, you want her to come and just check it out, but she Right. Well, that's obvious. That's obvious. But no, I heard a rumor that if you've renovated your house, that it gets rid of the spirits. So have you ever heard of the renovation rumor? That is not the rumor that I was uh, expecting to hear um, associated with renovation. So what I mainly hear is once you start renovating, uh, the spirits will show themselves. It's, it's you know, during that time of renovation, it kind of disrupts or releases the energy of the people that once were there um, it's not uncommon for for people to see apparitions um, there's this great story at a, a local library here in uh, the Birmingham area the Homewood library where some construction workers were scared away from the renovations they were doing there and they called the police because their tools were dancing in the air and doing some strange things one night so um, oh, I've heard that renovations can really stir up things not really put them to bed Graham okay. does this does this weigh in Graham's been really debating whether to do this kitchen remodel or not I know. Now I don't want to stir anything else I up. This I wouldn't, I wouldn't stir that. If you know a child died in your house, I wouldn't stir that up. I wouldn't no, mess with no, that. Absolutely Keep not. your kitchen. Absolutely not. Keep your kitchen. <laughs> I grew up in Long Island, um, Kim, and I grew up near near enough the Amityville House of Horrors. Do you remember that story? Yes. Do you, remember, do you know that one? And I remember every now and then we'd drive. If we had to go to Amityville for some reason, my dad would drive us past the Amity, and he'd point us, point it out and say that. That's Kirsten, for if you don't know, that's the one that had all the poltergeist in it. And so those were harmful ghosts. Like they were physically, allegedly hurting their um, homeowners. Is that real? Can ghosts physically hurt you? I struggle with the concept of being physically harmed um, by spirits. But I think that in the case of a poltergeist, which is not um, a human spirit, it's just energy that's being um, um, emitted from an actual living person, 
I mean, that that's plausible. It's sort of like telekinesis. If someone can move something with their mind, well, um, a poltergeist is just energy that they've, you know, emitted. And it can, you know, if they're angry, it'll just turn into something really violent and can attack people. So um, that part is a little bit more easy easier for me to deal with than the idea of, of a person that passed away and their spirit coming back to haunt and physically harm people. Um, I know that like Catholic priests, especially ones that do exorcisms, mm -hmm. they fully believe that um, demonic presences or demonic you know, cases can cause physical harm. Uh, they go through days of preparation before they'll even go in a house where they think a demonic uh, presence is um, just to protect themselves and to keep them from being physically harmed. So I know that there is a belief in some, some people believe this, but personally, I think if I were to believe that they could harm me physically, I just wouldn't do what I do. I, I think I would have to quit or you know if I were ever convinced otherwise I would I would probably quit doing what I do um, I've we've helped clients though that really believe that they were being physically harmed I don't disbelieve them I feel like that they really do believe that they were physically harmed by spirits and um, but I just don't I don't think I can allow myself to personally believe that I can be physically harmed because yeah, you if have I young do, children yeah. yeah I just I just wouldn't yourself. do this no, for yeah. sure. Well, it is interesting when you talk about the priest because, like, in you know, I, I have been to like invited to when a friend has a new home, like, come and bless the home and let's pray for the home. Um, or, you know, when there's been a child struggling with something, like, like I've had people like say, like, well, well let's go and like just pray in their room, you know, or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and it is interesting how people do like, there is this element of like, we. I think people would be more skeptical to talk about what you're talking about, but it's like, why are people so willing to say, like, well, we can bless this area and we yeah, can, Yeah, it's the like, same concept. Yeah, it's interesting. And well, even, and like... also, Kirsten, yeah, Feng oh, Shui. That's like, what I was about to say. One of our very first episodes we did was with a Feng Shui consultant and just talking about how the way your home is organized and set up and constructed, um, you know, will promote better energy or negative energy. So, yeah, there's it's very interesting, that kind of line between physical and spiritual and, like, energy, and it's, it's interesting. Well, I have a question. You mentioned something about haint blue. Tell us, what's haint blue as a color and why so many Southerners paint their porch ceilings and door haint blue? I do not know this story. Okay. So, um, during the the times of the of slavery when um, the slaves were being brought over from Africa, there was these two particular tribes, um, the Gullah and the Geechee uh, tribes from Africa that brought this legend of paint blue with them. And they were primarily brought to South Carolina and Georgia. So that's why we see this um, paint blue primarily through the South. Well, a paint is... Um, thought to be a spirit that's trapped between the world of the living and the dead. They are thoroughly ticked off and it's not something you want to mess with. And so the uh, legend goes that if you um, paint your door or your porch or really anything with this particular color that looks like water, um, it's called haint blue, they won't be able to cross it because they are unable to cross water. It's kind of like their kryptonite. So, um, you know, people uh, 
who believe in these legends will, you know, paint their doors and porches and pretty much anything else, window sills, uh, this haint blue to keep the, the haints away from their house. It protects them. So uh, interestingly, uh, I learned about haint blue uh, in my very first private uh, client case that I took. Um, the home interior was all painted haint blue, not on the outside, but all the walls and the upstairs of the house, the doors, the trim. I mean, it was crazy how much paint that they had just splattered all over the walls. Um, and of course, my client and I, we had no idea that this was haint blue and this was to protect the home from the negative spirits. And so uh, the first thing that uh, the client did was go in and painted a nice neutral beige color <laughs> and that's when all of her trouble began so I really do think that there is something to this um this haint blue legend wait so the but here's something interesting though do you think the pre so this woman or person moved into a home that was randomly painted completely in haint blue do you think that the previous homeowners thought the house was haunted and that was their attempt and thus like she came in and Yes. You know, and nobody had told her? Yes, definitely. Um, she was just renting the house. And um, another red flag uh, that maybe the house, there wasn't something quite right with the house was the previ previous tenants had left a lot of their personal belongings, and it looked like they had just moved out in the middle of the night. So, um, you know, they had to clean that up and get that out of the house, and then she went to town painting. So, yes, I do think that the the homeowner um, knew that there was something strange about the house, or either maybe it was a prior tenant um, that painted the walls. We don't know, but someone who had lived there before knew. And I tried to ask the homeowner what um, she knew about the house, and, you know, I explained there was some strange activity in the house. But she refused to talk to me. So uh, I think that's kind of telling. Well, that's also telling for anyone looking for a house who's like house hunting. Don't buy a house that's paint blue because that's probably a dead giveaway that there was a reason it was painted that color. That's crazy. Dead giveaway. Dead yeah. giveaway. Well, I was also wondering, like, oh, dead. Oh, you're finding room. I was going to say safe space, but um, <laughs> the, the, uh, um, it's funny because I was going to ask if there was like any sort of DIY that you could do. I mean, you're in Alabama. Um, if somebody who wasn't local wanted to like, you know, make their house feel feel less um, haunted, maybe the maybe it's the paint. Maybe so. Um, but there's some other tricks that I know that I think work even better. Okay, um, tell us. Okay, so a you know, go get a really good uh, stick of white sage. Uh, you can find these easily on Amazon. They're called smudge smudging sticks, um, but we prefer the white sage. And you uh, you just light it and let it smoke and the. Uh, take it throughout your whole house and let the smoke cleanse um, each room. I even open closets and all those spaces that you can get to and allow that smoke to cleanse the air. And what this does is it doesn't allow any negative, negative energy to remain, but it's also antibacterial. So it, it has kind of some health, uh, you know, qualities to it as well. So it's actually good for the air in your home. Hmm. Um, 
Another one that I like to use is sea salt and this is cheap and, and so easy. Just go buy a box of sea salt and fill a bowl uh, with the salt and stick it under the bed or you know find a little place to hide it in a room where you feel that there's negative energy and the sea salt will absorb that energy and help things feel lighter in there. You can also use sea salt in a bath if you feel like the negative energy is on you. So just throw a handful in there and soak for a little bit and that washes away the negative energy on yourself. And then for people who are really into essential oils, um, I love this one. Um, I love to use frankincense and myrrh, which are those biblical oils that we've heard about all of our lives. But I also like to use one called copal, it's C-O-P-A-L. And those three oils were um, suggested to me by um, the voodoo queen, Bloody Mary herself, uh, who lives in New Orleans. So I had asked her for some advice about how to uh, get rid of the negativity in a client's home and uh, these were the three essential oils that she suggested and so they can be put in a diffuser or you can dilute them with a carrier oil and apply them to your skin um, and I know nowadays even uh, frankincense and myrrh is, are being used in like uh, skin beauty products so um, they have lots of, of good benefits. Yeah, I was thinking if I rubbed a bunch of sea salt on myself and then covered myself in frankincense and myrrh, my skin would be glowing. I'd probably feel fabulous. I'd Can no will you negative. will you share with us your favorite brands of all that? Um, I mean, you can email us yeah, later, and we'll and we'll put it sure. on our on our um on our homepage for our listeners. So if any of you want to go check out Kim's recommendations, we'll have those on our website. Um, so and also the ways to contact Kim at thehomehour.com, and we will post all of Kim's. Kim, this is a tacky question, but just so I can get a sense, because interior designers, we have a sense of their rates. Feng Shui consultants, we have a sense of their rates. How much does, or give me a ballpark range of a full-on paranormal investigation in a moderate-sized home? <laughs> it's completely free. Um yeah, we don't charge our customer or our clients because we don't want to exclude people that um, can't afford help. Um, almost all of us Kim, on my Kim, team. you're about to be driving across the country. You should just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you really know what you just let out of that. <laughs> but really, a lot of them can be helped over the phone. We don't have to go in person. Um, so... Uh, you know, and it's just, we've all been through different things in our lives um, with with the paranormal that, you know, and we've all been in situations where we couldn't afford to pay anyone to help. So, you know, we earn money through um, book sales and uh, we do events every year and locally in October to raise money. So, um, and then I have a, a regular job. This isn't my full-time job. So I don't feel like I need to charge people for well, what I do. You're a humanitarian that is spiritual. So sweet. We, I was well, not expecting that answer. I was honestly. not I either. I thought you were going to say $250, 500 I don't know. The initial <laughs> consult. Sure. I know. Do you judge by the house or by how bad the, how annoying the ghost is? Square footage. Oh, I mean, that's wow. really nice. So I have you're a question. Awesome. We do have a lot of listeners in the Alabama area. And uh, are there going to be any events close to Halloween? Because this show will air on the 25th of of uh, October. Yes, so um, all of our events will be done by the 25th of October, but 
if they will subscribe on my website, they'll get uh, emails for the next events that we do. But we almost always have public paranormal investigation events where they can come out and investigate alongside us at um, haunted places um, in the all over the central Alabama area. So awesome. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Okay, perfect. Well, her website is Scare of Alabama. It's scareofal.com if you want to get in touch with Kim or any of the, the people on her team or hear more or subscribe to, to be notified about these events. So then you also have books available, Haunted Shelby, Haunted Talladega, and Haint Blue, the Rock, the Rockford Hunting. Um, the, those are available on Amazon for anyone who wants to learn more. But Kim, thanks for being here. This was actually really interesting. I, I feel like I... Uh, I feel like I learned quite a bit. And you're like the kindest ghost hunter I've ever met. I haven't really met any, but you're just of all of our, all of them, the Ghostbusters we've met. You're an absolute favorite. And everyone uh, listening, call our guest. I'm gonna say like best expert we could find, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of our tagline. You definitely qualify. Have a wonderful day and welcome home. Thank you so much. You too.